0: And welcome to the Record Rangers podcast, I'm Johnny McFarlane, and today I'm joined by Gavin Berry, who is lucky enough to be talking to me from Tenerife this week. Gavin takes us inside life at Rangers Tenerife training camp with all the latest from the Canaries. It's been a bumper start to the transfer window with four signings, including blockbuster names, Jermaine Defoe and Stephen Davis. We assess their potential impact on the title race. And who's on the way out as Stephen Gerrard looks to reshape his squad? Should Kyle Lafferty and Iroskrezda be worried, men? Gavin, how's the weather?
1: The weather is uh, worryingly it was a wee bit cloudy first thing this morning. That was a, but uh, it's picked up, um, so it's nice. Mid twenties, mid twenties, glorious blue skies.
0: It's a hard life being a sports reporter.
1: I know you've just hauled away from the pool there. Only kidding, only
0: So. Give us a little bit of an insight into what Rangers are doing over there. What's the, the camp like?
1: Well, it's a six-day camp. Um, they flew out, for, you probably saw the pictures on the website, flew out Monday morning, um, arrived yesterday, checked into the hotel in the afternoon. Uh, that, was the first, that was the first day that uh, we had immediate access. So you can see from the paper, the smaller focus. to. Stephen Gerrard and Connor Goldson and Scott Arthur are also made available, so they'll be in the paper later on in the week. Uh, And then we'll be back up again uh, on Wednesday. So we've got two days access during the six days.
0: What about the camp itself? You were presumably there yesterday. I mean, is it close to the, the, the Rangers Hotel?
1: Yes, it's um, the actual hotel that they are staying in, it, it, the hotel the Rangers team are staying in is, I have to say, it's, it's very plush five-star. Uh, it was a hotel, I don't know if this is how Stephen Jenner knew about it, but um, it was a hotel that was used by Liverpool also um, during the international break last season. Uh, I was looking up on it, Jurgen Klopp had taken his players there. Um uh, and in fact, at the time, I, I was reading the reports at the time were saying some of the rooms were up to 1,000 euros a night. Um, but when we arrived yesterday at the hotel, there was a couple of punters outside, just waiting to get photos and autographs and things. And we got chatting to them and they, they were saying they'd actually priced the hotel at £335 a night. So obviously the prices uh, uh, vary, but I mean, it's certainly a top notch hotel. So it was like Fort Knox, the security was really tight.
0: You'll not be in there, Gavin. You'll be in uh, the Airbnb up the road, I presume.
1: That's exactly it. We're about, <laughs> the, the media are out here staying about, about a 10-minute walk. So we walked up there and en route we could see the training complex. There's a training complex sort of just up in the hill. So it's only about a sort of five-minute, it would only be a five-minute drive from the Rangers Team Hotel. But, um, I mean, it's a, it's a good training facility. It's got everything they need. It's been used by lots of clubs over the years. Uh, in fact, Manchester City, I think, were there exactly 10 years ago under Mark Hughes, which was the camp when uh, Robinho famously walked out at the time. Um, but it's been used by uh, a lot of clubs. I think St Johnston have also been out here before. Uh, and funnily enough, Motherwell, they actually arrived today. Uh, they arrived today. They, they are also out here uh, doing a bit of training. It's in the resort of Costa adeki uh, in Tenerife.
0: So, well, I was there in October. It's very nice.
1: Yeah. So I mean, the, so the training facilities nearby. Uh, it's got floodlights as well. So last uh, Monday night they arrived. The players were just checking in when we actually when we were arrived. That was late afternoon Monday. Players were all sort of checking in, and uh, the first session was in the evening. I think it was six o'clock. So a bit cooler just to ease the players back in for their first session back. A bit cooler. It's got the floodlights. Um, Ryan Defoe, obviously one of the two new signings, along with Stephen Davis, he didn't arrive until later, so didn't train, but Stephen Davis did, uh, and Stephen Gerrard had gathered his players in the, uh, the, on the training pitch, uh, they were all in a wee circle, he was giving out the instructions, you know, for the session ahead, uh, but just before that, there was a nice wee touch where he, he gave a big welcome to Stephen Davis, uh, and as he said that, uh, there was a wee ripple of applause from the players, as he kind of made his way. So that was an X V touch, and as well as just showing you, you know, the regard that he has held, you know, eight eight major trophies with Rangers in his first spell, you know, getting wealth of experience, winning mentality, and probably along with Defoe that type of signing, you know, that we need for that second half of the season, maybe just to kind of get a wee boost
0: and push him on a bit. Yeah, we'll talk about Defoe in a little bit more detail <laughs> later on. In terms of the hotel, you mentioned obviously the price that mm-hmm. it costs to stay the night. It's obviously. Five star, extremely exclusive. Is there a sense that the players will be using the facilities there, the massage facilities, the spa facilities? And it's very much yeah. a case of your downtime is for rest in, in this quality environment and then it's hard work on the pitch. Is that the message that Stephen Gerrard's want to get across? Well, we got a
1: glimpse of that in the pre season. You know, that was his first sort of training. And that was, you know, Stephen Gerrard's first. Um, Time away with the players, and uh, they went to me, like and we did these podcasts and spoke from there. We talked f- from there about the kind of raising of standards, you know, and like just how Stephen Gerrard would sort of lift, you know, lift the place. And it was all about so that this again is just following on from that, just getting making sure you know, the players giving the players the best opportunity. But yeah, and they've got all those facilities. I think there was five swimming pools, it was you know, and they've got all the you kind know, of places they can relax so There's two tennis courts, gymnasium, so they've got all that. I mean, there's the end one. In fact, it's funny when we were sitting waiting, you know, for sort of 20 minutes until the players got checked in before they came up and I was just looking at the board to the side and it was just advertising the various services which the hotel offered and one was a private helicopter and the other one was a luxury yacht so that probably <laughs> gave you a just of the type of clientele at that hotel <laughs> uh, What was the mood I in the camp it, like Kevin? I don't think they really needed the Thomas Cook plane to take them to Tenerife because they're still on such a high after that old meant and you know how big a, a result it was because I mean you imagine that they did it you know they lost that game, and you know how different? You know, I mean, the, the title race, would have, you could almost have said it would be over. Six points behind Celtic, Celtic game in hand. You know, you'd end up looking at nine points. I mean, it just changes everything. To follow up quickly, you know, to build on the feel-good factor by signing Defoe and Davis so early, you know, like I think that was the other important thing. They didn't just say, right, okay one-off win the you game. Know, they, they're striking well, I hot and going for it. No, because with we're, we're, we're the former Ranger striker Billy Dodds in the paper on Monday, I think, and, and you know, he was making that, that point, you know, that there's clearly Rangers are way ahead of schedule in terms of, you know, where they probably thought they would be. I mean, 12 months ago, they went to break 11 points behind Celtic. You know, now they're level, albeit Celtic, have got a game in hand. So I think at some point they've thought, oh, well, we're ahead of schedule here, but you know, now we need to really, you know, we need to go for it. We've come this far, you, you know, this could be, for all we know, this could be, the you know, the best chance Rangers have of stopping the 10 row. you know, and it's a chance maybe they didn't think they would have this season. So I think when you find yourself in that position, you need to say, right, you know, what we are going to do? We really, we really need to push the ball out and go for it here.
0: Yeah, absolutely, because, is, I mean, is there a sense, it's certainly a sense amongst people I've spoken to here that, uh-huh. Celtic are pursuing this same transfer strategy that they've pursued over the last few years when Rangers haven't really been a threat, in which they go for young, untried, but very talented young players they can develop. Whereas Rangers, on the other hand, are bringing in established Premier League uh, internationals from down south and top quality Premiership players from Scotland.
1: Yeah, but I suppose what you have to think, what you have to remember is that it's the necessity for Rangers to 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 win the league. I mean, they they need to, they need to do something instantly. I mean, they've got to they they've got to do. It. I mean, if you, if you're Celtic, you be th- you know you may be saying saying well, well, why do we need to panic here? Of well, you know, if they win their game in hand, they go three points ahead. The next old firm games at Celtic Park, mm. you know. So I mean, I don't think. I don't think there's any sense in them completely panicking, you know. I mean the old family defeat was a huge blow for them and, and and I think they will be surprised that Rangers are as close as they are. Um there's no doubt they have allowed Rangers to close the gap a bit, but I mean I don't think they can you know, suddenly panic into to you know, going and, and spending thoughts on players because I mean that is their, that has been their strategy and it has served them well. So you know, the onus is still on Rangers. That's why, the, you know, the onus is still on Rangers. So that's probably why they have gone in and got you know, on Defona Davis. And, and also because Stephen Gerrard has looked at it and identified that that's what he needs. You know, I mean, he he's, he, he had his first half of the season, so he's looked at it and thought, well, what I need? Well, I need, a, you know, maybe guys with that, kind of, that kind of winning mentality, guys that have that experience. Maybe he he was lacking that, and particularly at the top end of the pitch. You know, so...
0: Yeah, I think Steve Davis is definitely going to add to that quality and composure in that final third for Rangers, whether or he's playing deeper or further forwards. He yeah. gives you the mentality, a, a guy who's been over the course before and also that extra bit of zip that you sometimes need, moving the ball a little bit quicker and certainly yeah. giving you the creative spark. What about Jermaine Defoe though, Gavin? Because at 36, yeah. he's a little bit older than what we'd normally expect players to be coming in at Rangers. Certainly if you yeah. look back at the history of big-name Premier League signings that have come up north uh, towards yeah. the twilight of their career. Players like Ian Wright, Freddie Lomberg, Joey Barton.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, nine out of ten times, it's probably been slightly disastrous. What makes Jermaine Defoe different?
1: If you're taking Gerard's words from what he said, just, I mean, he, he says fitness from when he says this guy is extremely fit. The other thing about, I mean, when you think of, like, your, you know, Joey Barton and Ian Wright and... But certainly particularly those two. I mean, you think of the Rangers team that Joey Barton came into. I mean, that was a Rangers team that, you know, that that, that, wasn't, that wasn't playing well. You know, they weren't. You know, I think it's different if, if you've already got a team that's doing doing quite well. And then you slot these guys in, you know, and they're just looking to add to it. But, you know, if you're expecting maybe like Joey Barton, you know, you expect him maybe to be a saviour. But he, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't going to do that.
0: Yeah, well, Defoe's already shown in his career that he's still got the ability to find the net. Very late in his career, he was 34 when he was doing terrifically well in a terrible Sunderland team, and that's unusual in of itself. Um, he scored goals whenever he's been given the opportunity at Bournemouth. I just think the quality of um, players that he has alongside him at that club, um, the emergence of uh, King and the quality of Callum Wilson, who's now you know amongst the top two strikers when it comes to England. You know, he certainly looks like he's going to be vying for that number nine spot and Chelsea have been interested in him. So it was always going to be difficult yeah. for Jermaine Defoe with that kind of quality around him. Uh, but yeah. when he's been given the opportunity, he has scored. I think yeah. the only concern would be the length of the deal with Jermaine Defoe because you look at it and you think, well, I think he'll be a great signing for six months. But, you know, in a year and a half's time, he's going to be 37, 38. Is he still going to have the, the mobility to really? be a top striker oh. for Rangers at that stage?
1: Yeah, well I mean that I can only I mean I can only go on what Steve Gerrard has said in terms of fitness. He's saying he keeps he says he, he lives his life properly, he doesn't drink, he does everything to the letter. I think the thing about Jermaine Defoe is if you're going to create chances, if you are going to create chances for him, he will score. I mean, anybody you talk to, that that's what they say. So it's about creating chances for him. It's a service. I don't think there's any doubt. He, he was scored. I mean, he was touted as an outside possibility to go to the England to go to the World Cup as part of Garris Southgate scored, you know, only last summer. Um, so I think I don't think there's a doubt, he will score goals. What do you think of Defoe is going to be a success?
0: He's obviously been a really, really good player over the years, and I think he's exactly what Rangers need. My my concern is really over the length of the contract. I think for this season. You mm-hmm. should, should have enough left in the tank to be a good player, but I think eighteen mm-hmm. months is a long time for a player of that age. You just have to trust that Stephen Gerrard knows more about the the physiological detail of of Jeremy uh-huh. Defoe than I do. And certainly from from what he's been saying, he seems to be very confident that he's going to be a great signing. That yeah, he still, and- still got it. My, my worry, Gavin, is that we have a tendency in Scotland to be like. Well, he'll scoosh it up here. He'll yeah. you know, he's got twenty goals for England. He's been yeah. you know established Premier League uh, striker. He'll scoosh it up here. But I just think if you look at the history of those kind of players, it often hasn't worked out. Um but if you're asking me, I've got here's a tenner. stick it on, I would say he'll be a success. Yeah,
1: I mean, the, I suppose the other interesting thing is just, uh, I mean, how he's deployed in the team, because, I mean, Morelos is obviously the man of the moment, so it's funny, I was looking at um during his time at Sunderland, Defoe and Dick Advocat, um, Dick Advocat was saying that he just cannot play as a, as a lone striker, he just said that he can't do it, you know, and you know what Dick Advocat was like, very sort of set in his ways, once his mind was made up, that was it, yeah. Uh, and he just said he, he can't play up front on his own. Um, Sam Allardyce, who then followed, said uh, he'd been brainwashed. I don't know, because he'd been reading Advocates, he'd been brainwashed into thinking that, he, that Defoe couldn't play up front on his own and then was proved wrong and said he could play as a kind of lone striker. So, I mean, it's about how the Steven Gerrard fits you know, both him and Morelos in
0: you well, know, to he, the team. He's not going to be that big physical presence that occupies no. defenders. So you need no. to get players in around them because he's not going to going to hold up the ball the size of the guy. No, and he's a no, small, no, exactly. Man. Um, no. But he's, he's still quick. I think even, even at his age, I've been looking at some footage on this Y-Scout uh, system mm-hmm. that are up in here now. And, you know, even last season, he's still got the, the pace to get in behind. He's not as quick as he once was, but he's still quick. He, he reminds me in, in a few ways of Kenny Miller and that he's not really greatly diminished quite often the, the players just go very quickly downhill once they get to 34, 35. And the first thing that they lose is their pace. Um, but he still seems quite mobile and quite quick. So the other thing, if Gerard's going to change the formation, which I suspect mm-hmm. he will, I suspect he'll go with Morelos and Defoe up front. I think he, Defoe will have a lot of help in those areas because Morelos is the kind of guy that goes battering into defenders, uh-huh. and causes them all sorts of problems, and that should leave Defoe a lot of space.
1: All right, so what do you think? Do you think he would play like a 4-4-2 or a 3-5-2? Or could it be like a diamond four yeah, with Kent I, at the top? i I'm at thinking, the top of the diamond?
0: I think that a diamond might be the way he's looking to start playing. I think if you're talking about the, the back four, as as we know, uh, uh-huh. how Gerrard wants to play it, Barisic, if he's fit, will obviously be in the left-back slot. Ryan uh-huh. Jack sitting at the base of the midfield, given how he's performed so far this season. Yeah. Kirk and davis in front of that and then with Kent and the number 10 team. Yes, okay, right. That was one way, because I, when, I, when I
1: was thinking about this yesterday, that was that was one way I thought they, 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 maybe they could go, you know, just with Kent at the top of that, yeah, at the top of that midfield
0: diamond, and then the two of them, Morel I think Gerard likes 4-3-3, though, and I think he likes 4-2-3-1, and I think you will see now that he's got these different types of players added, him using different formations more. We've only really seen it once this season when he went at to 35-2 at Motherwell, and it Motherwell, didn't really work yeah. out. No. But uh, I think we'll see more of that given the players he's brought in. And I still think he does need that creative, spark-type player to, to come in, because you're too reliant on Ryan Kent the way it is at the moment. Uh, Candace hasn't been producing to the level that he's capable of, and certainly the level that he had last mm-hmm. season. He's very good in European games. He works his backside off and he's good for certain environments. But I think more generally, look at his stats. Stats and uh, goals and assists have not been enough this season and Rangers need more from their creative players. What about Jones and Kamara? These guys have signed pre-contract deals. Uh, Various rumours about whether or not either will end up at Ibrox before the end of the transfer window. But without going into that, just wondered what your thoughts are on whether or not those two are players that can add to this Rangers' side. I think Glenn Kamara has always been very impressive when I've seen him. Again, another guy that moves the ball quickly, mobile, athletic, gets about the pitch, uh, technical quality. So I, I think that's a decent sign, especially because he's young, Finland yeah. international. Um, it's it's not a gamble, really, for me. Um, I think if he no. doesn't, if it doesn't yeah. work out, then you can move him on without any difficulty. Jordan Jones, though, that that one I find more problematic because I worry that Jordan Jones is a player that is quite similar in a lot of ways to Michael O'Halloran in that he works at his best when he runs into space and I don't think you get that at Rangers unless you're playing in European ties, maybe away to Pottodri or Easter Roads and and of course Celtic Park. So I worry he doesn't have the the trickery or the 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 skill in that. Final area to go past two or three players and make the difference. I don't see that as being his game. That's why I worry about him at Rangers, but I think he's a good player.
1: Well, I, I mean, certainly when we spoke to, I mean, Lee McCulloch, spoke to him last month uh, before the kind of, before the, you know, the Jordan Jones, just as the kind of rumours were surfacing again, saying that Rangers might go back in for him. But I mean, he certainly knows, you know, what it takes to play at Rangers. He worked with him at Uh And, you know, some of the things he was saying was was interesting, just um, I think he was talking about, you know, one game early when he was in his career, Lee McCulloch was talking about how he was getting, you know, Jordan Jordan was getting battled about, but just how he kept getting up again, winning again, demanding it, saying that he he thought that he would have the mentality, uh, the mentality to play for Rangers. Um, In terms of the Michael Halloran comparison, I don't know, I suppose the only time will tell on that one whether, he, whether he, he does need that space. But I think this is, with the signing of Jones and Kamara, this is Rangers, really well, obviously getting him on pre contracts is looking ahead to the future. You think of somebody like Kula Bali who's on loan. Could it be that Kamara then just, you know, they, they, they're not going to, you know, Kula Bali's not going to be around for uh, beyond his loan period, therefore Kamara, you know, is then a replacement for him. Ryan Kent, obviously everybody would love him to stay, but what's his next move? He's still under contract at Liverpool for a long time. How much is it going to take, you know, to get him? Can we afford him? If not, then you've got somebody like Jonas, you know, who who can come in. So maybe they're just covering all bases, and it's about planning, isn't
0: it? Again, like Kamara, it's a fairly low-risk signing. I mean, Jordan Jones is a Northern Ireland international who's going to be in the shop window in international games. He's, He's young. So he's not a player that you're going to struggle to to move on.
1: Yeah, I get that, but you don't know, you don't want to just start stockpiling players, do you? I mean, you, you want to bring in you want to bring in guys who are going to make a difference. You know, I mean, he has. I mean, last season obviously he was in sparkling form. I mean, he's, he's he's not been quite as good this season, has he? Really? No. Um, he hasn't been quite as good. I don't know whether maybe the speculation you know had affected him a bit. I mean, who knows well, I you know play a part, um, in his mindset, but he's certainly going to have to rediscover the form of last season, you know, to be a hit at Rangers to be a success at Rangers because they're going to be looking for a up I mean, you look at guys like, well, I mean, like you mentioned them earlier in Gresda, two million pounds for Gresda. I mean, he's an uh, Albanian international, had high hopes for him. that's big money for Rangers. Uh, Did you get a sense of this?
0: There's a number of players like Gresda and maybe Lafferty, Rossiter, Wallace, who haven't really featured, haven't really done it in the first half of Stephen Gerrard's first season that should be a little worried going into this window. I don't
1: know. I mean, there's there's something like... I mean, it was only signed in the summer, Gresda. I mean, I think they've got to give him a chance. I mean, if you look back, you know, if you look back, you know, recent seasons, there's been times where players like... You know, Tavernier, for example, I've heard people say, he's not going to cut it, he's not going to do that. You know, he's not going to make it, he could move him on. And then now we hear him, he's you know, saying, oh, it could be seven million. There's times when Morelos, when people say, that, no, he's not going to make the step up. He went through a wee period like that. And then, you know, suddenly finds form. And then people say, oh, yeah, we could get... Barely, you know, just to kind of admit defeat with somebody like Gresda already. Um... You know, he's got to he's got to be given a chance, but I think this winter break will probably be kind of you know key for him. He's got to kind of get, his, get you know, get up to speed and and then for the second half of the season get going again. Uh, no, I don't think I don't think we'd move him on uh, this quickly. I could be wrong. I don't think so. Uh, Lafferty, I don't know, when I saw the pictures at um, in Glasgow Airport of players checking in and noticed that Ryan Hardy was there. I was kind of, I was initially, I was surprised because we didn't know they'd uh, been recalled at that
0: point. Um, I don't think he's been officially recalled, has he? He's just going out to do the training. Well, as uh,
1: well, uh, Stephen Gerrard said yesterday, he well, wants to have a look at him. Uh, he not, I, think, no, I think he has. Has he not been
0: recalled? No, my understanding is that he's not been officially recalled, that he's just going out to do the training. Livingston, have given that the OK. Gerrard will have a look at him and then decide whether or not he wants to recall him or not.
1: Yeah, you no, know, that's what Steven Gerrard said to us yesterday. And then, and then he said, you know, not, well, he did say, to be fair, don't be surprised if he goes out on loan again. But anyway, he's going to have a look, have a chat with him. Because initially, when I saw the pictures, that I was saying, sorry, you know, that was my initial thought. How many strikers you know do they need? They're just changing the phone. And then I, thought, I was thinking, I wonder if somebody like Lafferty maybe would. You know, he's not really quite done it. You know, would they move him on a little bit? If Ryan Hardy if the likely scenario is that he does go back out on own, um, I think Lafferty while he hasn't really done it, you need depth. You're serious about you know, winning the league. If you are serious about winning the league, you're going to need to score depth And I mean, I suppose if you think back to Lafferty's first spell um, he did actually come good, didn't he? And they kind of run it. It was almost the run, I think, three times in the, Three seasons that Oh, I think he scored goals in title-winning matches. Didn't he? Yeah, so... He always
0: played well in April and May. In terms of players uh, coming in, we've had four now sign on yeah. at Rangers. Yeah. You can't imagine there'll be too many more. But the one kind of player that Gerard still hasn't signed is that elusive, creative midfield playmaker. Do you still feel that that's on his list?
1: He did say yesterday that really incomings would probably depend on outgoing. So, I mean, I mean it's easier said than done, but you're going to have to get, get guys like Carlos Pena off, um, off the weights bill. I don't know how you do that, how you get a club to take them. But uh, so, I think as I say, it's going to depend on that. So, maybe if players go out, then you'll get that playmaker that he needs you'll probably just have to because I mean let's remember that Davis and Defoe are going to be cheap and this hotel on Tenerife doesn't pay for itself <laughs> <laughs> so it comes down to cash yeah penny, I, think, I think if they give it a pen and I don't know maybe, maybe there is another unless maybe you're right maybe somebody like a Gre- unless they do say right but I mean you're not going to get your £2 million back on Greta, so I mean I hardly think it's going to make good business sense just
0: you know take no, I was thinking more in terms of uh, and um, the potential to go out on loan somewhere if he was to to go. But you know, I, I agree with you. To be honest, with regards to him, I don't. I don't think it's it's fair at this stage to be sending him back to, yeah. to a, a club abroad. I think you need to give him the opportunity to adjust to Scottish football because it's so so different from the Creation League. You just get a lot less time. It's a lot more physical, and for a, a creative player like that you do need a little time to adjust to that. It's very, very different.
1: Yeah, plus it's only, I mean, even if you send them out on loan, it's only going to free up, I mean, it's not going to feel up a massive wage, is it really? I mean, if it, if Gerrard's he wants a really decent playmaker of the type that he's talking about, I mean, what kind of money is it going to call You know, what kind of top quality one It's going to cost you a fair bit of cash?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Certainly, if you're wanting to get someone in the vein of Jeremy, and Defoe and Stephen Davis, getting that kind yeah. of quality is not easy.
1: Yeah, I mean really Pena's the one, isn't it? I mean that's that's really, I suppose that's the one if you can get that wage to play with and maybe even get a, some sort of transfer fee you know, that's, that's cash that certainly you could play with and Gerard would be desperate to get his hands on that
0: it could be so much better used Yeah, it's easier said than done though with Carlos Pena, isn't it? I oh, I know, I know, between... I know. There's been rumours that a Turkish club have been interested in taking him, but with all that baggage that he has, um, you, you're really asking a club to take a pretty big gamble. I
1: know, I know, I know. It's not. It's really. It's not. Good. There's no where We'll have to cut the losses. I,
0: I suspect because I mean, it's just not going to work, is it? No. The, the good news, I suppose, with Carlos Pena is the guy. I don't imagine he'll want to come and sit around in Scotland in the in the youth team for the next couple of years. You know, like, often you've had a situation like Celtic with Bobo Baldi, for example, where mm-hmm. he's quite comfortable with his quality of life in Scotland to just see out his contract. You don't <sighs> get the sense that Penny will want to do that, do you? I mean, he's a guy that'll probably want to maybe draw a line under this I'm not saying just ignore the contract but yeah, Rangers have a stronger negotiating position than they sometimes do in- I, I don't know enough about him I, I don't know enough about him he might just dig his heels in I, I don't know I
1: mean because I mean how many big contracts is he going to get so he, he might want the cash he might just say well I don't care I'll just sit here and just try and force Rangers hand into paying him, paying him up on what he's worth
0: and what they own sorry well time will tell <laughs> For Rangers, I think it's very important that both him and Herrera are removed off the wage bill as Steven Gerrard's already intimated. Sorry, just on outgoings, just to go back, the other one that slipped my mind just was
1: Wes Fodringham. I don't know whether he could be one that might end up going out. You know, and maybe they could sell him. I mean, Jack Hannix, Sloane, spell it, Scunthorps up at the end of January, isn't it? But the, And they were also linked with uh, with Liverpool's young Polish goalkeeper at the weekend, weren't they? Camille Grabara, is that right? i pronouncing that correctly. Uh, anyway, so I, I don't know whether that's another one that they could maybe do if they wanted to raise some money.
0: Yeah, I think, is there a sense that with on the ship sailed a little bit in terms of his value? He was rated around 2 million quid a couple of years back when he was performing quite well under Mark market Yeah, well, well, I mean, he's,
1: he's not been playing. I mean, that's the thing, but he, 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 I mean, he's good enough that you would think he would get a sort of championship club, wouldn't you? I mean, you think he would, you know, he should be able to go there. So, I mean, you could maybe get a few quid for him. He's you the know, kind of player that
0: will do well on a team that likes to pass the ball around. I've heard leads being mentioned uh, yeah. in relation to him. And, and yeah. the way Bielsa plays with a, a keeper that's required to be good with the ball at his feet, he would be the kind of guy that might slot in there quite well. Okay, well, we're going to call it a day there. That's all from us. We'll be back next midweek with more news and analysis of all things Rangers. If you want to get in touch with us to continue the debate, you can by tweeting us at record underscore sport. Or you can contact me at Johnny R. McFarlane and Gavin, is it at GavinBerryDR? Yes. Wow, I'm uh, starting to learn these off by heart now. Don't forget to subscribe at iTunes or ACAST to get the podcast as soon as it's available. And if you liked it, please review and rate us on there too. Thanks for listening.